you so much for being here today with me, Carrie. Uh, with me is the executive director of American Grass-Fed Association, and I'm very grateful that she's taken the time out with me today from her busy schedule to do this podcast. So thank you very much for being here with, today with me, Carrie. Thank you, Michael. I, um, I really appreciate you giving me some time. Like Usually we like to talk about producers, but today we're going to talk about the organization, the association. Absolutely. So what, what is it that American Grass-Fed Association does? Well, a little background is that AGA started in 2003 in response to a label claim that the USDA was going to put into place to state that uh, grass-fed could go on a label where the animals had been fed 25% or excuse me, 20% grain, given antibiotics, given hormones, and being fed in confinement. And a very small group of very dedicated ranchers and farmers and um, met in, in Colorado and started talking to the USDA. And when it became apparent that the USDA was not going to do what we considered as these farmers and ranchers um, was a meaningful label claim, we told the government that we were going to do our own third-party certification. And they said, fine, as long as it meets and or exceeds USDA's definition. And uh, so we worked with USDA from 2003 until 2007 and realized it just wasn't going to work that way. So we started our own certification program and we are very proud of it. It is run by and, and was developed by producers and um, it, it's, uh, it's a meaningful claim for the consumers because it is what, what the consumer believes grass-fed is, which means animals are never in confinement other than when they have to be worked or sorted or that kind of thing, which ranchers do prudently. Um, there are no uh, antibiotics, no hormones, and that's not to say if you have an animal that needs to be treated, that they're not treated, it's just they're taken out of the program. So, um, and good animal husbandry, and that's a word you don't hear a lot these days, but animal husbandry and people who uh, care for their animals in that, in that fashion are true, true shepherds of, of their flocks and their, and their fields and their, their, their animals and husband them. Do you feel that we but, see a lot of animal husbandry not being practiced in today's agriculture? Well, true animals that are should be out on pasture. They should be out allowed to graze all the time. So to say that the animals are being well cared for when they're not out on pasture is what the, the buzzword is now. Well, we're taking great good care of them. Well, they need to be out on pasture. They need to be eating things that they are designed to eat. Uh, ruminants, animals, uh, um, and then with pork, and uh, they're, they're, they're meant to be out on pasture eating um, grass, grasses. They can turn cellulose into energy. We cannot do that. So it's a way for them to stay healthy and for us to have healthy products when we harvest them and put them on our plates. So what is your journey been like with American Grassfed Association as the executive director? I know you started this foundation. So what is well, it? Well, I, I, I didn't, I was part of the, the, the original 13. <laughs> that met around that table that day in, in March in 2003 in Colorado. And uh, it was a group of us who were very dedicated to the food scene and to ranching and farming in this part of the world. And uh, we pulled together some really great experts uh, about 
the, the subject at that time, it was, it was not as mainstream as it is now. And we, we sat around for probably two or three hours in the morning. And I was so intrigued by listening to these folks mimic what I had grown up learning because I grew up around cattle and on a cattle ranch and in South Florida. And all of a sudden I realized this is what I want to do. This, I want to be part of this. So from that original 13, we, uh, we had a conference in, in Kansas and 78 people showed up for that. And out of that, um, one, some rising stars in the, in the grass fed industry, some really iconic people showed up for that conference and they're still with us today. And that's a real testament to that we've listened to the producer and we've listened to the consumer and we haven't strayed too much from, from either, either, uh, either way. So the consumer can still believe in the label and the producers can still meet the standards and meet the criteria to produce good, clean, healthy food. And it's no wonder that we've seen producers with us for years and years, because every time I talk to them, they, they are singing your praises and how you have helped them connect them to resources and helped be so helpful with them, especially new ranchers and getting started and learning the ropes. Um, that being said, when a producer becomes an AGA member, what does that mean for the producer and what are some of the benefits that they get out of that? Well, I'm here, I mean, there's an old saying and my mother uses it and um, sometimes she said, you're only a reflection of what you see. And when these farmers and some of these newer producers come to AGA and we pick up the phone and we talk to them, we wanna to talk to them realistically. We wanna give them as much guidance as we can. Um, we want to be a, a mentor if, we're, if we can't if I can't mentor them then we have a group of people who can mentor them to make sure that they are able to do what they want to do in the pasture-based production with pasture-based production methods we've got we've got great people that work with them so um, I'm very pleased to be part of that and when AGA answers the phone if we don't know the answer we're going to find it for you and for the producers who have been around for a long time, staying true to what they started in 03 and 04 and 05 and 06 and 07, when we came out on our own and, and you look at that, that initial group and we're still true to what they, they started years ago. So that's, that's pretty much it. Um, and I'm just thrilled that I'm still here because it's, it's been a, uh, a labor of love. It's been a labor of, of uh, of a lot of things. It's, it's a heritage for me to be able to sometimes in my head hear my grandfather and my, my great-grandfather and my great-uncles and stuff and see things that they've said that we're now repeating. So the new generation is learning the old ways of doing things and that's, that's important. We haven't lost that. Absolutely. Do you, what do you perceive as the benefits that a producer gets out of putting that AGA label on their meat or their dairy products? Well, the labeling system in the United States is fairly, in, it's very inadequate. Um, everything is done by affidavit. You can submit paperwork to the government and they look at it and they, as long as your paperwork's in pretty good shape, then they give you the stamp of approval and you can put grass-fed or other things on your label. We disagree with that and we, we have disagreed with that. So when you see the AGA label on a, on a package of, of product in the grocery store or in a farmer's market 
or at your co-op or wherever you're, you're buying online, uh, a lot of our producers do online, is that you know that that farm has been inspected by an independent inspector every 15 months. And the reason we do it every 15 months rather than every 12 months is that way we get to see the farms at different times of the years, the year, excuse me. So that's a, that's a true, true testament of what these farmers will do to make sure that their products meet the AGA standards is they have an inspector come out and spend really working two hours to all day with them, uh, talking about their production methods, uh, what they're doing differently, what they want to learn about, and all that feedback comes back to us and then we take it and, and we, we review it and it's reviewed. Uh, and then we send them a certificate to, um, to use the label on, uh, to use our logo on their label. So it's, it's a pretty, it's not something that, that's taken lightly by these farmers and that's very important. Right. And I, I know that Consumer Reports in the past has called our, our seal excellent. And I think that it shows so much value in the product, especially when I talk to the producers and they're talking about how long it takes to get a cow to market, right? When you're talking about doing grass fed as compared to a grain fed operation. And that is just such a value statement to see how much time and materials and efforts goes into raising the product rather than some industrial system. It's, it's, it's a amazing label to have on your products. Um, according to the Stone Barnes report, I read that 75 to 80% of grass-fed beef that's sold in the U.S. comes from abroad. Now, can you expand on the products, on the, on the problems with foreign meat labeling? Well, there, there are many, and there are a lot of reports out there um, about how much offshore beef is coming in that's labeled products of the USA, and how much offshore beef is coming in labeled grass-fed. Um, because there's really very little, if any, oversight on that. Now, if a if beef comes in from offshore, if it's repackaged in any way, if it's whatever, it can be then labeled product of the USA. And that's what we believe is an egregious um, affront to American family farms and farmers. Because when they put grass-fed on their label, it, and it's our label, it really is. We don't know. And for the for the USDA to allow that, we have been fighting this for years. We've filed petitions. We've went, we've uh, gone to meetings. We've been in the media. We've worked with other groups, Family Farm Action, Sustainable, uh, so Socially Responsible Ag Project, um, Farmers Union. All of those people have really, we've all stepped to get up together. And there's many of us stepped up together and said, this is wrong, let's change it. So it's, it's not one overnight, but it's time for things to change. We've been at this long enough and the consumer wants the, to know where their food is coming from. We learned that um, during the pandemic on a big scale. We had consumers for years that were trying to figure this out, but the pandemic kind of brought it close to home to a lot of people to all of a sudden realize, now, wait a minute, what are you saying here? And I think that the government, the USDA and the government right now is realizing that they have to re realign and reevaluate re their, their labeling process. So we're gonna continue the fight. Uh, we were on calls, Greg Gunthorpe and I from this uh, policy and advocacy committee from AGA. We were on calls yesterday, the day before the day. <laughs> we're, we're pretty much every day or, or email or, or doing something to make sure that, that we can get this, this solved.
Why is that a problem for producers? Is it, is it watering down the market? Well, the problem is that the cost of production is, is not being um, external. The cost of production is being externalized. Um, for American family farms to produce grass-fed beef, it's, it's more expensive. The stuff that's coming in from offshore, I'm not saying it's not good or bad, it's just not American. Uh, we don't know exactly how it was raised. Uh, they say it's grass-fed, they say this, they say that, but um, we're, we're just, we want it to be American. So it's a problem because when you have major retailers at all saying that they're buying price and not, not, uh, not quality, and we believe that the American family farmer needs to be on those retail shelves rather than something that's, that's touted as product of the USA when, when it's not, it's coming in from offshore concerning issues with with foreign meat labeling with infrastructure for producers to be able to do what they need to do and any other issues that you see what would be the most helpful policies that we could implement for helping producers do things the right way well like say the producers that are out there right now that are that are doing uh, pasture-based production. With, with grass-fed, it's for ruminant animals. It's for beef, bison, lamb, and goat. Those are ruminants. Those are animals with uh, multi-chambered stomachs. Um, for the pork, and, and for dairy as well, uh, for the pork, they're not 100% grass-fed, but they need to be out on pasture. So we need to realign the labeling that goes out into retail marketing. That's the most important thing that we can do. The other thing that we can do is to show people, show producers that they can do it because there's a lot of people say, I can't do that because they've never done it. And once we show them that, that producers are doing it and they, they can do it, then, then and that's a part of the education program is that um, to take the naysayers and say, yeah, you can, it's easy. It's not easy, but it's, it's, a, it's a paradigm shift for them, but it can be done. And doing it profitably as I've heard, by, yeah. by reducing their inputs greatly and getting more out of the land that they have. Yeah, well, you know, it put, put animals back on your land. Um, it impacts your, your lands, your soils, but if you're doing it correctly, then your soils will, will benefit, your animals will benefit. So one of the things that we're doing, you talk about what we're doing for producers is we are really drilling down on holistic animal health so that we can show farmers, not teach, show farmers how to treat their animals holistically and not reach for pharmaceuticals or not reach for the, the quick, quick fix and do this in a holistic way. We can really impact the whole cycle of animal health on the farm. So your animals are impacting the soils, your animals are healthier, and it's, it's a, you, you can add more animals to your land because you've got better and healthier soils, which are producing healthier and more grass and, and uh, forage for them. So what does it mean to a consumer when they're buying meat with the AGA label and in the, in the least term paper way possible? How, <laughs> we, how can we describe that for consumers when they see that on a package? What does that mean? It means it basically without the term paper is it means four things. When they see the AGA label, there's four basic tenets to the AGA label in a nutshell. It means 100% forage-based diet, no antibiotics, which we went over just a little bit again, but it, 
treat the animal, but take it out of the program. No added hormones, no confinement. Okay, and the, we talk about animal husbandry, and that's part of what we were talking about with holistic animal health, is that we're treating those animals the way they were designed to be treated. They've been here a long time, and we, we don't need to change the way they're supposed to do things. And how can consumers get their hands on this meat and, and the dairy products, most importantly, from their AGA-certified producers nearest them? Well, we're very pleased. We have two dairy labels. Um, we have Horizon has a small um, part of their, their program that is 100% grass-fed, and they have our, our logo on, on grass-fed milk. And then we also have Kelowna out of Iowa that has a wonderful program. And, and both of these labels have committed to these small dairies. And looking at, at some of these dairies that they're, they're, they're supporting, some of these, these dairies are still hand milking. Some are very small. Some of them are, are um, the, the farms that you, they, can't, they said they can't be safe. So we're very proud of those. As far as getting your hands on meat, and uh, you can, in the grocery store, if you don't see it, ask for it. And if somebody says, well, we have this grass fed, then you need to say, I don't, I, yeah, but I want the certified stuff. Like you see other certifications. Ours is, very well recognized. Um, and we've got to stop the retailers or ask the retailers to stop buying price and start buying quality. Absolutely, I think the consumer demand. And the other thing that we should be doing, and this came up on our call yesterday, is we really are, needs to start working with these farmers and these ranchers that are doing it correctly and stop buying and putting it into the federal programs that they oversee to, to say, no, it's not gonna be the lowest price, it's going to be quality from American family farms and farmers to decentralize that, that those feeding systems. It's a very big subject, Michael. <laughs> and of course, if you if you can't find it in your local grocery store, on top of asking for it, which is very important because it's important to show consumer demand for these types of products so that we get retailers stocking the right things. But um, you can also come to our website um, under yeah. our consumer section. There's a map under the producers, find a producer near you tab. There you can find a producer that's closest to you, that's AGA certified, where you can get products that you're insured are from the USA, antibiotic and hormone free, and all the other wonderful things that Carrie has talked about today that are important about the AGA label. Well, I mean, yeah, our, our map is very important because that's a, that's a starting point. And if you can't find something, then you pick up the phone or you email us and we're very, uh, uh, response, res what am I trying to say? Um, responsive to getting back to people and say, I can't find it in my area. And then we will work you with you to find something. Now, a lot of our producers ship and they sell online and it's, it's an alternative to the way going to the retailers, because at this point, the retailers are, are just, you know, give me the cheapest thing you can find in a lot of cases. We do have one major retailer, uh, natural grocers that has put, certified products in all of their stores. So, and there's some co-ops that have started doing that too. So it's, it's, a, it's a big ship and we're turning it. So what, what should producers be doing if they want to get AGA certified and start getting involved with AGA? Well, we have a wonderful online platform where they can go to our website and they can fill out application forms online. Um, they have to find an inspector. We don't hire inspectors for them. They have to go into our inspector list. It's all on the website. 
Um, I'm sure Michael will give you a, a link to that. And that's the way to start. The other thing to do is to pick up the phone and call us. We'll be happy to talk to you about it. But it's a very, very, very uh, simple process to get started. Um, we've done a lot of work to make sure that it's not cumbersome for the farmer to get through this process. A lot of the, the um, certification processes out there are very unwieldy, and we didn't want that to happen to our producer. We want them, we want them to succeed. We're not here to, to stop them. We're not here to say, no, you can't do that. We're here we're to say, here are the ways that you can do things to make yourself successful. Thank you so much for taking the time with me today, Carrie, and thank you to everyone who's tuning in, and we will see you soon on another episode of AGA's Producer Profiles. Um, Thanks, Michael. I'm not a producer, but well, I see I still am, but yeah, we still have a farm, but I appreciate the time today to explain what AGA is, and, and uh, you're a big part of that too, so thank you. Thank you.